All right, so the bye week is coming, gone, and I know for you Jag fans, it seemed like an eternity after winning five in a row, and all of a sudden, this game coming up is a huge one. San Francisco's lost three straight. Feels as though they're a little bit desperate. Of course, the Jaguars riding high. Let's get into it. Death taxes in Duval. I am Rick Ballou, joined by... Hayes Carline. What's up, Hayes? What's up, Rick? Yeah, I want to thank uh, John Spicklemeyer, our good buddy, Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency, for all your car insurance needs. Give John a call at 471-7155. He can save you a bunch of money. He has saved me hundreds of dollars. And uh, car insurance just keeps spiking, and sometimes they... You know, they have things in there that you don't really need, and that can discount things for you. So uh, give them a call. Have them look over your policy. 471-7155, Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. Rick, I don't know if this is because the Jaguars are winning. This is my 11th year covering the team, and I don't think a bye week has ever felt longer. I don't know if if it, it, you know, you kind of alluded to that too. So do you, I mean, it's weird, isn't it? It's like normally... They felt like they kind of came and went pretty quick. This feels like they've almost like an off season to me. Yeah, and it, it makes a lot of sense because everything is really, you know, it's all come together. And when something like that happens, you you want to keep going out there. I mean, not only have they won five in a row, they haven't trailed. They've been ahead in all five of these games. They've had five halftime leads. They've uh, they pick up one another. If the offense falters, the defense makes a big play. The offense, statistically speaking, is not where you think uh, that it would be, yet they make big plays when they have to. The special teams have been very good as well. So, you know, it's very encouraging. And, yeah, I think Jaguar fans are like, all right, that's it. That's enough. Let's let's get to the bank and see what happens this Sunday. But, you know, the even crazier part about this is if you look at San Francisco, this is such a good football team in really every statistical category, except for the last three games. You know, Brock Purdy's turned the ball over six times, five interceptions, and they've had some trouble scoring where they've had some key injuries with Williams and Samuel and McCaffrey's been out at times as well. So, you know, all of a sudden we get ready for this one and um, you know, I'll come right out and be things by saying I find myself leaning towards San Francisco just because they're a desperate football team, and it doesn't feel like that's the case at all for the Jaguars. I think it's a house money game for the Jags. You know, I mean, hopefully they don't feel that way uh, because that could certainly cost you your competitive edge. But you look at the AFC South standings, Houston's going to play Cincinnati, so there's a good chance they're going to take another loss. And I really think they're the only ones you have to worry about. You've already swept the Colts, and the odds that the Titans are going to sweep you, I think, is is remote, which is what they'd have to do to get back in this thing, uh, assuming Trevor Lawrence stays healthy. So I, I'm in full agreement. I think the game sets up well for the 49ers. I think that's why Vegas has installed them as a three-point road favorite, uh, despite the the difficult travel, the 10 a.m. local time uh, for for the 49ers in terms of their their body clocks. I think you look at it from a talent standpoint. I think both teams are pretty even. Uh, San Francisco probably has more elite players. The Jaguars, I think, have probably more good players. If that makes sense, I think they're a little deeper in terms of their starters. San Francisco is probably more top heavy in terms of their you know their first six seven guys. But I just think it comes down to San Francisco's. I, I think San Francisco is a very good team, perhaps a great team. Those teams don't lose four in a row. They, it just doesn't happen. 
So I, I, I very much buy into the, you know, where are you catching this opponent? And you're catching them coming off a three-game losing skid. The Jaguars have won five straight. I, I think the NFL, it's all about that how that loss resets you. And, and the Jaguars haven't had that in a while. So I hope I'm wrong, but I kind of feel like it's a it's the intangibles sort of tell me that San Francisco is going to find a way to win the game. Yeah, you know, it makes sense to me. Um, this is a very interesting coaching staff. I mean, we know that Kyle Shanahan is considered one of the better young coaches in the game. Uh, moving Steve Wilkes down to the sideline from the press box at this time is uh, is not necessarily – um, or totally unusual. Things like this have happened before, but it's a little interesting. And obviously they have thought about it because they put it in here during the bye. It almost makes me wonder, is that because Chase Young's there and you can give him a little extra attention, you know, in between plays or, or in between series or what have you. But, you know, that defensive line is is so good right now in San Francisco. And, you know, the Jaguars have allowed 19 sacks, and they're doing that with Lawrence, who when he's not sacked, he gets rid of the ball in 2.25 seconds, which is second best in the NFL. Are these wide receivers going to be able to, you know, finish their routes and be able to get open downfield? To me, this feels like a ball game where if you're going to beat San Francisco, you are going to have to take some shots because they're very good with their run defense. Again, they can get at the quarterback. They got one of the best linebackers in the NFL. So it feels like to me that this is, you know, getting Ridley or doing something that they can uh, to design it offensively where you can get behind defensive backs. Yeah, you'd love to have Zay Jones there to add that dimension, but we know he's going to miss another game. So I think it's going to be a wonderful chess match, uh, this game, going back and forth, both offenses, both defenses. This could come down to a late field goal. Yeah, without a doubt. And if that happens, then I really like the Jaguars because McManus has been fantastic and the 49ers rookie has been sort of inconsistent. Um, And looking at it, do you think the Jaguars can run the ball effectively on San Francisco? Because when you look at their numbers, San Francisco is is, uh, pretty good against the run. I believe they're fifth against the run in terms of yardage. But they're 18th in yards per carry allowed. So basically... What that tells me is, well, it's it's a little misleading. It's not that they're great against the run. It's just that they've gotten on top of teams prior to this three-game losing skid, and those teams have had to basically abandon the run uh, because when teams actually run it, they're they're subpar in terms of defending it when you look at the uh, the yards per play average. So do you think this is a game where the Jaguars will be loyal to the run game and and keep going with ETN no matter you know obviously if it's 27 points the circumstances change that but but assuming the game is tight do you expect the Jaguars to have success running the ball you know I don't early on and it's it's a really unusual statistic I mean you wouldn't think that you would lose three in a row and you would be top five in the NFL with your rush defense but again that's exactly the case and then as you pointed out you look at average per it's skewed far differently than just overall total rushing yardage but you know I think what we've seen so far is that it it takes ETN quite a few carries to get some things going I mean early on it feels like he's fighting for a couple of yards he's fighting for a couple of yards there so you know I wouldn't be surprised if this is one of those 12 carry 28 29 30 32 yards and then all of a sudden on third on his 13th touch you know he breaks one for 25 yards and I 
I hope they don't abandon that. Now, obviously, if you have a lead and you are able to pass the football, even that short stuff with Ingram and, and with Christian Kirk, who are both getting, you know, right now both putting up career numbers as far as receptions um, for a season, if, if you can get it with the pass first, then, yeah, I, I think they will be able to run the football. The other part of this that is a concern for me, Hayes, is we haven't seen anything not named Travis Etienne. I mean, can you trust Tank Bigsby against this rushing defense? Can you trust Dearness Johnson? I'd honestly like to see him get a few at-bats on Sunday. Tank, Tank, to me, is another guy that I really think his best football, let's say it's years down the road, but I think you're going to see it end up being when he gets more and more carries. If you're giving him two or three carries a game, I, I just don't think you're going to get the results. I think he needs double-digit carries a game. And obviously he hasn't come close to earning that at this point. So um, I think they're going to struggle to run the football. How about you? I think I, I would agree because I think San Francisco's defensive front is is so good. And obviously Nick Bosa is the headliner and, and Chase Young's been a big story uh, line coming in because they just traded for him. It'll be his 49ers debut, but they're really good in the middle. Uh, yeah. So, and that's been a, an area of struggle for for the Jaguars from a physicality standpoint. So, yeah, I don't expect the Jaguars to have a, a ton of success running the ball, and uh, you know, and so I think it's going to put some pressure on Trevor. And and again, I think Trevor will play well. I you know, it's not. I think Trevor Lawrence is better than Brock Purdy, but I think in in terms of looking at it, I just think the game sets up better for. The 49ers. Um, the one, another component that I'm interested in getting your thoughts on, Rick. I think Aluakan and Lloyd are having really good year. Aluakan's a really a underrated star, uh, and Devin Lloyd has played much better uh, in his second season after getting lost for about five weeks his rookie season. But what a challenge they have with all the weapons: McCaffrey, Kittle. I, I, I mean, I think. If the Jaguars <laughs> win, yeah. If the Jaguars win this game, particularly with the pressure San Francisco can put on those two linebackers, I think if if it's if it's five o'clock on Sunday afternoon and the Jaguars have won this game, I think Aluakon and Lloyd are going to be two stars. What do you think? Yeah, and it's probably one of those deals where you look up and you find out they had to combine twenty five tackles. Right. Um, you know, Christian McCaffrey, such a dual threat, and everything that he can do. It'll be interesting to see what happens to that left side of the line. You know, really kind of the feeling out of San Francisco is that Trent Williams isn't going to go, but I saw that he was limited yesterday. The practice report will not come out until very late again today on Friday because of the uh, the West Coast rules uh, with the injury report. And their, their starting left guard hasn't gone. So, um, you know, that, and I think it's Jalen Moore who has replaced uh, you know, Williams, he's, he's done an admirable job in his two games that he has been in there, but he's not, you know, the, the pro bowl talent of, uh, of Trent Williams. So that's going to be really intriguing to me. And, and also you talk about Lloyd and they're going to get Cisco back and, you know, it looks like they're going to get Tyson Campbell back. So Jacksonville here is, is full go with Walker little as well at, at left guard. This is a healthy team that took advantage of this off week. Um, I, I just, I, I'm really interested in down in distance in this game. I mean, this to me, even though it's mid November, this has a playoff type of feel to it. And, 
again, there's not pressure on Jacksonville outside of you got to win at home, crying right. out loud. And I know they did their last game, but great teams win at home. Jacksonville is 5-0 and zero away from their own building uh, this year, but they haven't been able, or I guess 4-0 and zero away from their own building this year. Uh, I checked that it is five because they won twice in London. That's right. They, they, you know, they can only they're one and two here. Are you going to go to one and three here in front of this home crowd? Um, I know it doesn't really mean all that much in the in the context of a seventeen game season. But if there's one thing that you could put your finger on and say, well, this is why Jacksonville needs the game, I would make the point because it's at the bank. I think that's the biggest motivational edge for the Jaguars in this game. And I think it's overwhelmed by what we've discussed about San Francisco and and where they are coming into this game. But I do think that is something that resonates. I think Doug Peterson's talked at length about it this week about, look, if if we're fighting for home field advantage, well, that means we've got to win at home. I mean that's the whole that's the whole point of this, and so I, I think that resonates. I and I and I I think that the Jaguars. I think it's going to be a well played game. I mean I, I don't think we're looking at a at an ugly slugfest. I mean I think we're looking at a at a, at a very well played game on both sides. But I, I I'm in agreement with you. Uh, the the home factor is going to be a big point of emphasis since they've lost to Kansas City and Houston uh, so far this year. I, you know I I just. I just think it's going to be. Uh, I just think it's going to be a difficult challenge, um, you know. And so, and looking at it, I will say this: if they win, and the Jaguars could obviously win this game, they're a three-point underdog, and they've got the longest active winning streak in the league. I will say, Rick, they have surprised me a lot this year. I didn't think they'd go to London and get both wins. I didn't think they'd win at New Orleans on a Thursday night on a short week after a emotional, you know, divisional game against the Colts. Uh, if if they are able to beat San Francisco coming out of a bye with San Francisco also coming out of the bye, I mean, to me, that will speak volumes about the steps they're taking to becoming truly elite at, at this level. I mean, to me, it's, it is a house money game, but looking at the converse of that, I don't think it's a big deal if they lose the game, but if they win it, wow. I mean, you were basically making a gigantic statement to the rest of the league that this is a team that can absolutely hoist the Lombardi trophy. Yeah. And, and it's, um, you know, you look at it from a lot of different ways and you're kind of like, really, how's this happening? I mean, Trevor Lawrence has only thrown nine touchdown passes. They have 13 turnovers. Um, Calvin Ridley compared to, I'll, I'll just put myself out there compared to the acknowledgement that I gave him in the month of August has basically had, a disappointing first half. He's averaging four catches a game. He has two touchdowns. The defense has been remarkable. They're, they're giving up one point fewer than they did a year ago. And I remember the entire offseason just saying if they could just basically maintain what they did in 2022, this team's going to win a ton of games. So there's so much room to still improve. And, and that's what's amazing about this football team. But uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. And I, it's going to be a lot of fun to, uh, to see what does take place. Unfortunately for our listeners, I am going to go the other way here, and it's, it's more of because of what we said at the top. It's just the way the league is. The NFL is not structured to have a team like San Francisco lose four in a row and have Jacksonville win 
six in a row, including four of those away from their home building. So unfortunately, I'm going to take San Francisco here by a field goal. Yeah, that's the kind of game I'm seeing too. I think it's uh, you know, 27-23, 49ers, something like that. I just think McCaffrey, his versatility is going to lead to some big things. I think Kittle is going to be very tough for the Jaguars to defend. Ayuk is really playing at a high level. I think he's going to have one or two really explosive plays in the passing game. And in Brock Purdy, I think will always be in a in an in a situation and environment in this game where he's never going to have to really carry the load. I don't think he's going to be behind by 10 and be in obvious passing situations very often. I, and again, I think the Jaguars offense will do some really good things. I just think it's a well-played game, but I'm with you. I think the 49ers at the end uh, have the edge. So hopefully we're wrong. We'd love to be wrong, but uh, but I like San Francisco to win this game. I uh, want to thank John Spickmeyer one last time before we get out of here. 471-7155. John's a great guy. I've known him since high school. You couldn't be in better hands. And they can shop and find you great rates. He has saved me a lot of money. So I can't recommend him more. John Spicklemeyer, 471-7155. Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. And uh, Rick, it's going to be fun. I can't wait, to, can't wait to watch. And it's nice to have a Jaguars game where it's like, well, if they win, it's fantastic. But if they lose, you quickly move on to Tennessee next week. Yeah, and which in the, you know, I mean, in, in the landscape of everything, it's a more important game next week. I'm trying to diminish the one coming up on Sunday, but those are the facts. All right, this is Death Taxes and Duval. You can reach Rick Ballou on Twitter. That is Ballou1010XL. Hayes? Yeah, please reach out at Hayes Carlion. Folks, respond. We always love your comments, and we'll do it again next week right here on Death Taxes and Duval. So